Again, happy Easter Resurrection Sunday, everyone. You ready to get into the Word of God? I have got a word for you. Again, I'm honored to have you joining and worshiping with us. Get your Bibles out. We've got notes available for you. If you're on Facebook Live, we've got uh, elders and pastors and staff there to help, and they're going to be posting the different scriptures for you as well. Uh, If you're on our live uh, nlcwv.com online campus, then I encourage you, you've got a notes tab and you can see all of the notes of where we're headed and follow along with scripture as well. Um, let somebody know that Jesus is Lord one more time real quick and we're going to get started. So I'm going to start with a quiz. You didn't know you were coming to get quizzed, did you, at church? So I need some personal honesty. How many of you would admit this, that at some time in your life, you have either locked yourself out of your house or out of your car? Go ahead and admit it right now. If that's you, thank you for the honesty. I can't see your hand, so I'm just going to take your word for it that you're doing it. Um, Another quiz. How many of you would admit that, and this is harder for guys to admit, how many of you would admit that at some point in your life you got so lost that you actually had to stop and ask for directions? I know this is old school because now we've got Google Maps and everything, but you got so lost that you had to ask for help. I mean, ridiculous lost. I will admit that has been me. only happened one time. Uh, if, you didn't, if you didn't raise your hand so far on those two questions, you are a filthy liar. Um, whoa, whoa, Pastor Josh, that was me. Not, it's Easter, you're supposed to be positive. I'm just saying you need Jesus, you'll get him later. How many of you, another question, how many of you have ever gotten yourself into such a mess that you thought, there is no way I'm getting out of this unless somebody helps me out, unless somebody comes through for me? It's a total mess I created on my own. I know we've all been there too. How about this one? How many of you took a, uh, we'll talk to students, how many of you took a class at school and about halfway through that class you thought, man, there is no way I'm getting through this unless this teacher shows me some absolute favor, I mean like miracle working of God favor, parting of the Red Sea kind of favor. I had a math class I took in college and I, I made it through about two weeks of that class and I was like, out. <laughs> it happened to me. Realized real quick I was done. Uh, not a good one. Again, be honest. Uh, raise a hand or or uh, type in the comment a hand emoji. Here is the ultimate test of honesty. This is the last one, and I'm going sh- to share with you why I've asked these questions and quizzed you today. How many of you ever got stuck in a public bathroom and you found yourself in a stall with no toilet paper? Oh, is that not the worst? Is that not the worst? I have the worst story ever that I have experienced personally that I will absolutely not share right now. Um, I wish, this is one of those where I wish you all were here and I could see who is raising hands because even when this quarantine is over, I would know to still not shake your hand, that kind of thing. All right. In every one of these cases, there's a common denominator. In every one of these cases, guess what you and I needed? We needed a savior. We needed somebody to come and rescue us. We need somebody to come and help us to get us through this. Um, rescue is such a powerful theme. We love rescue movies. We love to see a hero come through and rescue those that are in harm's way. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's a movie like Mission Impossible and Tom Cruise is doing these crazy stunts or if it's a real serious drama like Star Wars. Made you laugh, right? Um, The theme of rescue is so great in every single movie, Uh, even disaster movies. I was thinking about this. Even disaster movies are are all about rescue. You know, you've got this uh, asteroid or a tidal wave or aliens coming in and attacking everybody, and then you have somebody who's got to come in and save the day. It's all about that rescue. 
Um, some of the highest grossing movies of all time are rescue movies, the Avengers and Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and where somebody comes in and saves the day. Now, if you want to read a really great story, a really great book filled with amazing stories all about rescue, then you need to go right to the Word of God. Get, get that Bible open because it is one adventurous rescue story after another. And these are wild adventures that you read. And you discover ever since Adam and Eve blew it in, in the Garden of Eden in day one, that God has been rescuing us, bailing us out for thousands and thousands of years. He's been there for us. So the Bible, you've got a story of the rescue of Abraham. You've got the story of the rescue of Jonah, uh, the story of the rescue of Moses, the story of the rescue of Joseph, the story of the rescue of, of, of Gideon and Jacob and story after story, the people of Israel, the nation of Israel constantly being rescued over and over and over again and God coming through. But of course, the greatest of all the rescue stories that exist is found in the Word of God, and that is what we're celebrating today. That is the Easter resurrection story where you had the death, burial, and resurrection where Jesus rose from the dead to rescue all of humankind, all of mankind. In fact, this story is so powerful, so significant, that it splits history right down the middle. It does. It splits history right down the middle. We base our timeline, our dates, on either it happened before Jesus rescued us or after, after he rescued us. Think about this. It's 2020. When you write the numbers, 2020. 2020. 2020 years since Jesus rescued us. Even your birth date is tying you to Jesus. Whenever you were born, that's how many years it's been since Jesus rescued you and rescued me. That is the significance of the power of God and the Easter resurrection story. So when we read our Bible, we find that there are all these different terms that God has used in order to rescue us. It describes what he's done for all of us. Words like saved, redeemed, of course, rescued, delivered, set free. They're all terms that have to deal with God's plan to set us free, to rescue us. But I've got a couple scripture I want to start with. So I want to, I want to look in 1 Timothy. They'll put it on the screen for you. And this is what the Bible says. There's only one God, and Jesus Christ is the only one who can bring us to God. So remember, God came to earth in human form. And when I was a youth pastor, I would say he put on a skin suit, but now people get freaked out at that. So Jesus came in, in human form. The Bible says he truly became a human. In other words, he wasn't a ghost. He wasn't, imagina he wasn't a figment of somebody's imagination. He was actually here. He lived here. God put on that human skin. Jesus became a human and gave himself to rescue, does the Bible say most of us? No. What does it say? All. All of us. He gave himself to rescue all of us. Now, I studied Greek in Bible college and even beyond and so I really wanted to dig into this and make sure I knew what he was saying specifically in the original language. So I looked up that word all. And do you know what that word all means in the original Greek? It means all. Brilliant, right? Pastor Josh, you're so, you're so brilliant and deep in this message already, right? Jesus didn't just come to rescue a few people. The Bible says that for God so loved the whole world. He came to rescue all of us, every single one of us. So that means whether you're watching today, I don't care what your uh, religious background is. I'm not, I'm not concerned about your nationality or your ethnicity. I, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about your language back. All I know is this, Jesus came for you. 
He came to rescue you. He came to rescue me. He came to rescue your neighbor. He came to rescue your family. He came to rescue your best friend. He came to rescue your worst enemy. He came to rescue us all. And Jesus Christ, He is the rescuer. Now, the Bible continues to say this. Jesus Christ rescues us by offering Himself as a sacrifice for our sins. When I say for our sins, that are all the things that we've done in our life that are wrong that we know are wrong. God's plan is that we experience that rescue again. This is for all of us. So that leads me to the first question I'm going to ask for the day, and that is this. What did he rescue us from? Okay, Pastor Josh, you're telling me he rescued me. What did he rescue me from? What did I need rescued from? What was really going on? What's going on in my life? Well, how much time you got? Because if you got enough time, we could talk about this for the next probably two weeks. Not gonna. You're welcome. But I am going to share with you some of the things that Jesus came to rescue us from. Now, I will tell you the big one, of course, heaven and hell. Jesus pulled us from hell and, and saved us for heaven. And that is, of course, the big one. But there's so much more. In fact, when you look at, the, look at the book of Psalms, and the book of Psalms is a bunch of songs that David wrote to God or about God and worshiped God through this, he starts to list all of these things. There are hundreds and hundreds of different things that he lists that God rescued us from. And I made a short list so that way you could just, you could just see a little bit of what he's talking about that Jesus came to rescue us from. The first one, he came to rescue me from a stress of life. So if you're stressed out, anybody stressed out right now? Yeah, of course you are. A lot of us are. He came to rescue from that. He came to rescue me from the attacks of others. Anybody been talked about? Anybody been attacked by somebody else? He came to rescue that. He wants to rescue me from a guilty conscience so that way I don't carry guilt around my entire life about something I did 20 years ago or five years ago or last night. Hopefully not last night. But if he did, he doesn't want you living guilty. Another one, he came to rescue you from overwhelming problems. I know a lot of people dealing with overwhelming scenarios and problems right now because of what we're dealing with and confronting. He wants to rescue me from the fear of death, from the judgment of hell. He wants to rescue you from financial distress. You're feeling a little pressure because of the finances right now? Jesus has a way out for you. He came to rescue you from that. He wants to rescue you from the prison of addictions, from a life without purpose, from people who cause you trouble. Now, it doesn't mean he smashes those people. It just means he brings you peace and joy and helps you to, to bridge that gap. Um, uh, he came to rescue you from worry, from depression. He came to rescue you from even the traps that are in your path that you don't see that he wants to make sure you avoid. That he sees. That's the power of Jesus and his ability to rescue every single one of us. We've just got to simply trust him. Now, some of us can identify with this next verse I'm going to read in Psalm 25. My problems keep multiplying. Anybody ever feel like that? Uh, it's like my kids cleaning the room. They just shove everything in their closets. And eventually you open that closet door and it's like this avalanche. And, you know, we have to call the emergency rescue you just keep piling these problems over and up and over, and eventually they pile up to where it gets so hard it goes from bad to worse. He says, my problems keep multiplying. Lord, I need you to rescue me from them all. So Jesus says, I didn't just come to get you into heaven. That's important, but that's not the only reason I came. I came to rescue you from all the different areas in your life where there's pain, where there's struggle, parts of your life that you and I, we cannot change. We simply need rescued from. Psalm 18 says this, He brings me out into a spacious place. He rescues me because He delights in me. And this is really important. And I want you to notice a few things in this. When God rescues me, the Bible says it brings me out into a spacious 
place. Well, what's he talking about? A spacious place. What it means is God wants to expand your life. Now, I'm not talking about the 15 pounds we've all gained because we've been in quarantine and eaten every snack within hand's reach. I'm talking about he wants to increase your horizon, your dreams, your vision, your purpose, your joy, the strength inside you. God wants to add increase into that. He wants to enlarge your opportunities. He wants you to reach that potential that's on the inside of you. He wants to make bigger what he places in your life. He wants that magnified. That's what he's talking about, spacious. In other words, he doesn't want to shrink your life. He wants to grow it. He wants it to be great. And, and this is the exact opposite of what a lot of people think. A lot of people think, well, if, you know, if I really follow God, then what he's going to do is he's going to turn me into some religious zombie, and I'm going to have to fall in line. I'm going to have to dress like everybody and be like everybody and do what everybody else does, and I'm going to lose my buzz in life. And that is the exact opposite of what God wants for your life. He came to bring you an exciting, brilliant, powerful, awesome life, and that's who he is. You know, I, I think that we're all in search of the good life. I think that we really are. You know, it's especially a realization now because of all the struggles we're going through, the things that we took for granted before this quarantine and this virus broke out and everything that we're dealing with right now. All we want is that good life. You know, set me up somewhere comfortable, Pastor Josh. Set me up somewhere comfortable with a nice drink with one of those little umbrellas sticking out of it, maybe a 24-hour pizza buffet. I'm good to go, Pastor Josh. That's the good life. You know, but we've been lied to and we've believed that the good life or the best life that we can live is a life without God instead of a life with God. And that's just not true. And so what's happened is because we believe this lie, it's almost like eating raisins and believing that's the best that there is. Saying, well, I'm eating raisins. Did you not realize there are peanut M&Ms out there for you? There's peanut M&Ms and you're settling for raisins. Now some of you are like, but I like raisins. Shh. Peanut m and It's like settling for SpaghettiOs when you could be eating chicken parm. It's just, come on now. What God has to bring us is so great. That life in and through Him is so much better than our old life. And He's provided this for every single one of us. There's so much more. And so, here's the deal. God wouldn't have sent Jesus to deliver us, to rescue us, from, to set us free, if there wasn't a purpose and a reason for doing it to begin with. He saw that there was a need and so he met that need by sending Jesus. So here's a question. This is the day, the question of the day that we're celebrating. Why then did Jesus need to resurrect? Why then did Jesus need to be raised from the dead? Because there are a bunch of us that you know God. And you have had that Good Friday experience. You know what I'm talking about? That Good Friday experience. That is the kind of experience where you understand the cross you understand forgiveness. You understand that Jesus took that beating. Go back and listen to last week's message I preached and you'll understand it completely. You get that. You get that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and you have experienced that. But there's another reality that I want to make sure you are very much aware of today. And that is the reality that Jesus rose from the dead. Not to just beat death for himself, but to conquer death for you as well. He wanted to make sure that you and I could experience that same victory in our lives. And my fear is that a lot of us are going to come and we're going to celebrate the historical reality of Easter, even though it's not normal right now. Normally we've got Easter egg hunts and everybody's outside and everybody's wearing new clothes and all. It's a little bit different right now. 
I get that, but uh, we're still celebrating the historical reality of the Easter holiday, and that's great, but there's so much more to Easter than just that historical reality and acknowledging, yeah, this is the day where Jesus was. Have you really, really experienced that resurrection power in your life? That is so important. He conquered death not just for himself. He conquered death for you. He conquered death for me. And I want to show you where he actually says that. Revelation chapter 1 verse 18. Now this is after the resurrection and he appears to one of his disciples named John. And John records what Jesus wrote in a book called Revelation. Where Jesus says this. I am he who lives and was dead. Now I love that because all other gods are dead. Our God was dead, but he says, I was dead, and behold, I am now alive forevermore. And then what I love is Jesus amends himself. I always think that's just the funniest thing ever. He, he's like, hey, if you want to amen me, I'll amen me. Amen, Jesus. That was good preaching. He says that himself. That's what preachers all over, the, all over the United States are doing right now. I'm preaching to an empty room. And so you know what? Amen, Josh. That was good stuff. Somebody give yourself a self-high five right now. He says, I know he says, I am alive, and now I have the keys to Hades, or hell, and death. Do you understand that the devil is so defeated right now that he doesn't even have the keys to his own house? Jesus stripped him, took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He don't even have the keys to his own house. So, so between Friday, when Jesus died on that cross, and Sunday, when he resurrected from the dead... He confronted the devil, went down to hell, stripped him of all of his authority, took his keys to death, hell, and the grave. And, and, and this is what you need to understand. You need to understand the power of, of those keys that he holds because keys unlock things. Keys hold the secret to things. And when the Bible says that he holds now the keys, he's saying, I was resurrected so that I can make sure I unlock that resurrection life into you. I want to make sure that you can experience this resurrection power in your life for everyone on this planet. And this is so important because so many of us have experienced that Good Friday experience. We, we understand the cross and you're going to heaven and you believe Jesus and you love God and all these things. But you're still walking around in destruction. And you're still walking around defeated. And you've never crossed over into that victory. You've never crossed over into that life of joy and strength and peace. It's always up and down and up and down and up and down. And in Jesus Christ, listen, I know that there are hard times. I know there are difficult days. I get that. But when you have that resurrection power flowing in and through your life, that life of God brings you victory no matter what you face. And have you really experienced the resurrection power of Jesus. You've had that Friday understanding, you've had that Friday reality, but you've never had that Easter resurrection. You've, maybe you've celebrated Easter as a holiday, but have you really experienced Easter resurrection Sunday, that resurrection power in your life? So that's why all throughout the New Testament, the Bible doesn't just say, I want you saved. That's important, and he does want you saved. But he says, there's so much more. It doesn't say, I just want you to be a part of a church or member of a church. Paul said it this way in Philippians 3. He said, I want to know Christ, and there's that Good Friday experience. But then he says, but I also want to know the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. I want to know them both. I want to have both of that operating in my life. And so here's my simple question for you, and that is this. First, have you had that Good Friday experience? Have you had that experience where you have asked Jesus into your heart 
He has saved you from your sins. And if you haven't, you will in a moment because I'm going to give you that opportunity to make Jesus Lord over your life. And so what you've seen is, so far you've seen that your life is this progression of death and destruction. And so you remember that video that we used to open up the service where we're sharing this story from beginning to end. And it starts with life, but it ends in death. So what Jesus wants to do is he wants to switch that around. He wants to switch the story where it goes from death to life, where your life is all about that resurrection power and that victory. And it can be reversed in one simple decision, praying one powerful prayer today where your sins can be forgiven and you have that Good Friday experience. But here's the reality. For a lot of us, we have. We have. We've had that Good Friday experience. We've had that moment in the, in the presence of God. But the question I want to ask you, and I believe this applies to a lot of us today, is this, but now do you know the power of his resurrection? Have you really experienced the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? So after you gave your heart to Jesus, did you allow that resurrection, that life-changing power to change you, to start to, con to confront the parts in your life that were dead or that were suffering or that were struggling or that were tied to the past, whether it was a mentality or a, a spiritual issue or an emotional issue or a guilt or a shame or a struggle or a habit or a lack of this, all these things. And, and I'm, bringing you to, I'm bringing this message to you because honestly, I hear this so much from different people. I hear people say, Pastor Josh, I love God, and I am going to heaven. Sure, I have got all these things. I love my church, but Pastor Josh, you're talking about all these things that Jesus came to rescue me from, but do you realize that they're already ruined? They're already ruined. I've already ruined them in my life. There's, there's no going back to some of these things. They're ruined in me, and the reality is that a lot of the things that Jesus did come to rescue us from have already been ruined. And, and we tried fixing it on our own, and we tried facing the truth and dealing with it, but I'm talking ruined relationships, ruined marriages, ruined finances, uh, ruined morality, ruined thinking, um, ruined emotions, all these things that Jesus came to save us from. But when we look at them and confront them honestly, we say, it's too late. It's too late. They're ruined. I mean, Pastor Josh, it's ruined. It's over. It's it's not, can't do anything about it, all right? It's, it's donezo. Don't use the word donezo. That was a terrible choice. Uh, we'd all be better off if you don't use the word donezo. I, I looked up the word ruin in the dictionary, and it, and it says probably what you think it would say. It says this, ruin is something reduced down to a state of decay, collapse, or disintegration. And that's just one definition. There was also a second definition that I looked up, and it says it this way. It's the disastrous disintegration of someone's life. The disastrous disintegration of someone's life. Pastor Josh, all those things you mentioned we can be rescued from. We tried. We tried getting our finances in order, but we filed for bankruptcy because it just didn't happen. Or we tried to get our finances in order. Next thing you know, lost a job, and now my credit cards are just out of control, and I don't know what to do. I'm facing total ruin. Uh, Pastor Josh, I tried making good choices. I did, but man, I was foolish. I went right back to that same mess. Pastor Josh, I tried to stop drinking because the alcoholism was killing me, but I went right back to it. I, was, I don't know what to do. I'm ruined. I don't know, Pastor Josh. Or if you're a student, I, you know, you're not even going to school and you're like, man, I, I don't know how many A's it's going to take. It's going to take like 30 or 40 A's to get that F. You can only stretch an F so far, Pastor Josh. My grades are ruined and I'm not even in class anymore. Supernatural power is what it's going to take. Ruined. And let me tell you something. Something being totally, completely ruined is an absolute fact. Unless 
you have the resurrection power of Jesus Christ operating in your life. Only Jesus can bring things that once were dead, totally ruined, back to life. Only Jesus can do that. He's able to bring the ruins in our life back to life. And I want you to believe that with everything in you because here's my point. I think that some of us stop with the forgiveness and some of us stop at salvation and we never get to Sunday and, and we never see and we never experience that resurrection power and get that victory in our lives. And the Bible goes on to say in Ephesians that there is a power, this mighty resurrection power that is available through Jesus Christ for you and for me. And he wants us to have this power. Now, I don't know how much power it took to get Jesus up out of that grave, but I do know this. It didn't, it didn't end once it was used that day. It continues. That power is just as available today as it was on the day it rose him from the dead. That power is available for every single one. A uh, uh, resurrection power to bring the ruins of marriage or the ruins of finances or the ruins of broken relationships or the ruins of emotion or the ruins of morality or the ruins of whatever it may be, your physical, your physical life. It can bring ruins back to life. It's available for your mind. And, and so I'm going to give you an invitation through today's Easter service to join us on this journey. And that is my deepest passion. Listen, I enjoy services. I miss worshiping publicly and corporately with people. I'm a creative person. I love being creative and, and, and all these things. But my deepest passion is to see people take their next steps and really get committed to Jesus Christ and watch Jesus start to transform their life and give them a renewed purpose, and not just resuscitate them and, and they make it through. No, resurrect them and give them a brand new life. That is my passion. I think that's what Jesus was all about as well. So early in Jesus' ministry, the Bible says he went to the temple. And he went over to the corner where the Bible says the Old Testament scroll set, and then he opened it up, and the Bible says he read a prophecy out of the book of Isaiah. And after he read it, it was Isaiah 61. After he read it, the Bible says he set the scroll down, and he said, hey, today, this scripture that I just read for you, it's fulfilled. Mic drop, boom, I'm out. He said, this is taking place. In other words, what I came to do, I'm alive. I'm here right now. I can make this happen. Everything I read for you, I'm the one that's going to make sure it takes place in your life. I'm the gate. I'm the channel. I'm the, I'm the catalyst for this operating and taking, taking place in your life. And so I want to read this passage, and you're going to see this spiritual progression of what Jesus read for us. And, and I just want you to consider taking the same steps that he shares for us yourself today. Let me read it. Isaiah 61. And Jesus read this. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach. And now here's the first step of the journey. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Now, poor here doesn't mean broke. I got no money. Um, it's talking about somebody who is bankrupt in their soul, empty in their spirit. He says, I've come to make sure you know that you don't even have to pay for your own sins. I've covered that price for you. I'm taking care of that price for you. That's good news. We call that the gospel, and that's the Good Friday experience. Jesus died on that cross for your sins, paying the price for all the things you and I have ever done wrong. That is on Jesus. He covered that for us. But he doesn't leave us there. He says, I've also come, and God sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. And so after, after this, he says, you can have in a moment where the, you begin the process where all the places in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, in your emotions where you've been wounded or you've been hurt, he's saying, I can bring healing to that. I can bind that. He goes on to say, to proclaim freedom for captives, release from, release from darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's 
favor. In other God's working in and through your life, changing you constantly, helping you to grow. He says the day of vengeance of our God. In other words, he himself will help confront the enemies. The, pe- the people who are against you, the spirit and de- demonic forces that are against you. He'll take care of those to comfort those who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion. In other words, I really want healing for your life. I don't want you suffering. I don't want you struggling. I want healing for your life. And check it out. He doesn't just save you. He doesn't just heal you. He even goes another step and he says, now I want to bestow on you a crown of beauty instead of those ashes. He says, I don't want to just save you, and I don't want to just heal you. I want to take that, that which, which was broken in your life, and I want to make it something beautiful again. I want to take the thing that everybody else disregarded. It was, just, it was just ash. It was a mess. I want to take that thing and restore it, completely re- revive it, and give it a new life so it's beautiful again. I want to take the ruins and give them new life. He says, I want to give you a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning. And watch this, a garment of praise instead of a garment of despair or a spirit of despair. The result of those broken things are now called oaks of righteousness. I love that. Oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for the display of a splendor. In other words, you look at somebody whose life's been changed by God where the ruins have been brought back to life, and you look at them and you say, only God could have done that. Only God. Only God could save someone, restore someone. But check this out. He doesn't even stop there. He not only restores you back to something beautiful, but now he uses you to restore someone else back to their beauty. He says, now the people rebuild the ancient ruins. Now they're taking all the ruins around them and they're, and they're making an impact for all the ruins that are surrounding them. They restore the places that have been long devastated. The Bible says the cities have been ruined and they're now renewed. And he says, the, the areas that have been devastated for generations, for generations. So what I'm telling you is that Easter is not just a holiday. Easter is not just an event. Easter, Resurrection Sunday, is an invitation. It's an invitation to join this process for God restoring and rebuilding your life, taking the ruins from your life and turning them into something beautiful, something impacting. Your ruins can come back to life. How? How? If if the things in my life that I thought were devastated, broken, destroyed, ruined, how can God? bring anything like that back to life. Well, I've got, through this scripture, there's a process here because there's some things I want you to consider and I'm going to go through this quickly. The reality is that all of us are dying and I'm just talking about, I'm not talking about physically dying, I'm talking about we've all dealt with a spiritual death, being separated from God because of our sin, because of the, all the things we've done wrong in our life, dying this spiritual death. And so I'm going to give you four quick steps. And, and these are going to absolutely blow you away with the spiritual depth. Number one is this, and I hope you're ready for this. Number one is this. Stop dying. Whoa! That was impactful. Did you get it? Stop it. Stop dying. Stop settling for spiritual death. Stop settling for spiritual separation from God. Stop it. How long are you going to continue living the life you've been living, defeated, busted, hurt, um, uh, disgruntled, stressed out, all these things. How long? Let's set a time frame. How about two more weeks? You'll do this two more. How about three more months? You'll live this way three more. How about this? How about today you make the choice to stop dying? See, that's on you. You take that first step. God takes every other step with you. 
but you've got to make a choice in your heart. I'm going to stop living the way I'm, I'm going to stop die, dying. I'm going to stop staying separated from God. I want God to change my life. And see, I've seen so many people through my life whose lives have been totally changed and transformed because of the power and the love of Jesus Christ. I mean, wrecked lives that have been formed by God, new life in them. And Jesus says, here's how this happens. He gives us, this, he gives us, the, the, uh, he gives us the directions in John eleven twenty five. 25. And there's a catch. He says this, I'm the resurrection and I am your life. He who, and here's the catch, he who believes in me, even though he'll live, even though he's still dying, and he's talking about your physical body, and whoever, even though he dies, whoever lives and believes in me, here's that catch again, will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Because that's all it takes. And I'm not talking about joining a church. There's a lot of great churches in the area. It's not what he's talking about either. He's not talking about joining a church. He's not talking about becoming more religious. He's not trying to, he's not talking about achieving perfection. He's just simply saying, I need you to bring your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all the flaws and the, all the mistakes, all the failures, all the wrong, as well as all the gifts and the good things that I've placed in you. I need you to bring all that and give it to me. And then believe in me that I'm your resurrection and I'm your life. All these things, it's available. Now, a lot of us, we've already experienced this. We've experienced this. But there's another part. Because remember, he doesn't just want to save you. That's part of it. That's a big part of it. He wants to save you. But he's also got to heal those broken places. So number one is stop dying. Number two, start rebuilding. Start rebuilding. And rebuilding is a process. You're not a project. You're a process. And there is a big difference. A project, you start and you finish, it's over with. But a process is ongoing. I am, I am, I've been serving the Lord since I was a child, and I am still in a process. Still in a process of rebuilding and forming my life in and through Jesus Christ and who he says I am. And, and let me tell you something. Church is a big part of it, but church is not the end. That's why I don't, I'm not all about this. The church is not a building. We say this so many, we say this every Sunday at New Life Church. The church is not a building. The building was for you, but the church is not a building. Who is the church? We are the church. And we exist for this world. And the church is not the end. The church is the starting line. This is the place where you're supposed to be inspired to want to grow and be more like Jesus, where you realize, I want to stop dying. I want to start rebuilding. I want to get further into this. And how we say it at New Life is this. Give us six months. You give me six months. Give us six months. And your life will never be the same. I know that is a big ask. I know it is a long time. But I'm telling you right now, you won't even need those six months for your life to be changed and in through the word of God here at New Life Church. But that's what we're asking. Give us six months for, and really sell out to the Lord. Don't be halfway. I mean, get committed. Serve, give, yield, study, pray, be here. Join us. If it's online, online. If it's in person, praise the Lord in person. But get all in and get committed and watch God change your life. I promise you in six months, your life will not look the same because of the word of God and the power of God in your life. God says, I, 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 want, I want to do this in and through you. So, so listen, the grace of God is not available just to save you. I wrote it this way. Grace will meet you where you are, but it'll never leave you where it found you. It'll meet you right where you're at, but it, will, it refuses to leave you where it found you. It takes us on a journey. It takes us on this journey of healing. But again, it doesn't stop there. 
Because God wants to take that ruined person, that ruined part of your life, all these bad decisions, all these mistakes, all these issues, all these things, the marriages were ruined, uh, second marriage, third marriage, bad relationships, bad habits. Uh, It could be a number of different things. He wants to take that and turn it into something beautiful again. Something, something significant again. It's what he's all about. And, and I meet a lot of people who don't believe that. And so you choose to stop dying and choose to start, re, stop, to start rebuilding. And number three, stop doubting. Stop doubting that God doesn't love you so much that he didn't send his son just for you. That Jesus, when he rose from the dead three days later, that it, he had you in his mind to bring you that resurrection power because he says you are worth it. You are that valuable to me. See, I believe that God wants you to be that oak of righteousness, that strength that has a foundation and roots that is used to rebuild. You can be. See, I, I want it to be this, this, this dramatic. I want it to be where somebody says, hold up, are you serious? That guy? That guy is serving at New Life Church? That guy's a leader at New Life Church? That guy's leading his family? That guy, nobody, nobody would have, should have given that guy a chance because he was too far gone. Nobody should have given that lady a chance because she was too far gone. No, in and through Jesus Christ, there is a resurrection power where he takes the beauty, he takes the ashes, the brokenness, and turns it into something beautiful. Takes your ruins and brings them new life. And I need you to realize this today, that God sees greatness in you that you don't even see in yourself. And I want to be a part of that process. Our church wants to be a part of that process of you discovering the greatness that God has placed in and through you and the potential who you can be and what you can accomplish through the purpose and plan of God and who you are in Christ. One of the things we love to see here is people who get saved, who owe God everything. And then as they get saved, they start to discover this brand new purpose that God has for their life that they didn't know of before. And so now they're working in children's ministry and helping kids and they're serving with teenagers and helping, helping teenagers. They're, they're greeting people who, who when they were backwards before and they're, they're going out and ministering to men and women all over the tri-state region and helping them to now discover who they are in Jesus Christ. And this is happening all throughout this tri-state, all throughout people in this church. And we want you to join and be a part of that. So you stop doubting. And then you can do what this is really all about, and that is number four. Number four is this. Start living. Start living. Start living. Hillary, come on up. What is living, Pastor Josh? I'll tell you what living is. Living is when you had a broken, messed up, busted life, and you thought it was over, and then you met Jesus, and you had that Good Friday experience. You realized he died on the cross for your sins and you accepted him as your Lord and Savior. But then you, you started this process of healing where he's healing the brokenness and he's binding the wounds and he's putting you back together. And all of a sudden now you're experiencing this resurrection power where he's taking all those things that you thought were broken and busted and neglected and forgotten and dismissed. And now he's revived it. He's brought resurrection power into it. And now you have victory. And now, through this victory, you are being used by God. How in the world could God use someone like me? But he's doing it. He's using you to make a difference in this world for him. That, my friends, is really living. And that is what Jesus rose from the dead for. It's not just that you and I could be saved. Not just so that we could experience salvation and have that Good Friday experience. I'm so thankful for that Good Friday experience. It is powerful. It was so necessary. He became that sacrificial lamb. 
But what gives me that total victory is not that he died. It's that he died and didn't stay dead. He rose back to life. And then he gives that new life, that resurrection power to you and to me. That is the power of Resurrection Sunday. That is the power of God. I think by and large, if you ask people, they think when you start talking about church and religion, they think, you know, all I get out of that is they just tell me all the things I've done wrong and how, the, how I don't measure up. I don't wear the right clothes. I don't have the right job. I don't have the right background. I didn't do the right things. I didn't come from the right background. I didn't have the right amount of money, all these stupid things. And all they keep telling me is you got to repent. You got to repent. You got to repent. And there's some truth in that. We do. We need to repent. We need to change. It's important. Of course it is. But, but if all you ever hear in a church is how bad you are, who wants to, who wants to be a part of that? Who wants to be a part of that? Of course we know. Of course we know we're sinners. And of course we know we've done wrong. But that's not all. This is that, that's such a small part of this gospel. Listen, your story isn't about how bad you are. It's about how good God is. Jesus didn't come to this earth to make bad people good. Jesus came to this earth to make dead people alive. He says, I came that you would have a life and live that life abundantly. Live this life to its fullest. And that's my heart for you. That's what he came to do is to take all that brokenness and bring the ruins back to life. I'm going to ask you to take the next few moments very seriously on this Easter Sunday. Cut out any distractions. Bow your head and close your eyes. And I need you to search your heart. The Holy Spirit is in your, is in your room right now speaking to you. Do you need to make the choice to have that Good Friday experience? Do you need to make Jesus Lord of your life and accept Him as Lord and Savior? Don't you dare let another moment pass you by without choosing to follow Jesus. Don't you dare take advantage of this moment. Today, the Bible says, is the time, the moment for salvation. It's right here, right now. And Jesus is reaching His hands to rescue you. Grab hold of Him. Do not let go. Let Him rescue you. That's the first thing. Number two is, if you have, have you experienced full victory in that resurrection power? I mean, absolute joy because of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. That resurrection power giving you victory no matter what you face. Bringing, taking the ruins and bringing them back to life. Something that you thought was gone forever. Restoring might be a dream and a vision you had that God wants to bring it back to life. That's the power of the resurrection. With every head bow and every eye shut, I'm going to ask you to make this, this choice right now. You're in, a, you're in a moment, a crossroads of decision and a choice. And if you need to make Jesus Lord of your life, I'm going to simply ask you to pray this prayer with me. Pray this prayer with me and let someone know you prayed. I'm going to give you the words. All you have to do is repeat after me. Just follow me. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for speaking to my heart, for touching my heart today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the price you paid. Help me to have the courage to accept your full grace in my life. Help me today to, to continue striving towards who you've called me to be. I ask you to forgive me for all the wrong I've done, for all the mistakes I've made, for my past, 
for my failures, for my sin. I accept your love and your forgiveness into my life. And I believe in my heart that you died on the cross, but three days later, you rose from the dead. Thank you, Jesus, for that resurrection power flowing through my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. I better hear some, see some praise the Lord, some amen, some Jesus is Lord's. If you prayed that prayer today, congratulations. You aren't just one of God's creation. You are now one of God's children. You are in his family. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. And you have began this amazing process. See, Easter Sunday, this is my first Easter Sunday as lead pastor. I call myself lead pastor because senior pastor sounded old. And I don't want to sound old yet. So this is my first Easter Sunday, and it's not quite what I expected. But you know what? It's, it's, just, it's just as powerful and in some ways even greater. Because I'm not measuring a successful Easter Sunday by posting a bunch of photos of a full auditorium and all packed out services. No. What matters to me is that you are taking this journey, taking that next step in your process of becoming who God's created you to be, who he's called you to be, the amazing father and mother, the amazing husband and wife, the leader, spiritual leader, the minister that God's called you to be. And I believe that if you'll work with us here, we'll help you take this journey together. We'll walk this out together. We love you so, so very much. If you prayed that prayer today, let somebody know about it. Contact us here at the church. Uh, you can email us, bethechurch at nlcwv.com. Of course, we have a special website set up for this um, called nlcwv.info. There's a place for you to click, I just got saved. Of course, if you're on our online campus, somebody has asked for you to communicate with them, let them know, they'll pray with you. If you're on Facebook, uh, our elders and staff have contacted you. So I encourage you to let someone know that Jesus is your Lord. You're not committing to a church, you're committing your life to Jesus. But I am asking you to take that six-month challenge and help us. Help uh, uh, walk with us and let us help you take this journey together in Jesus' name. Listen, we love you so very, very much. And I hope you know that God loves you so very, very much. And from our church family, our leadership team, from my wife Megan and I to you, we wish you the very happiest Easter Resurrection Sunday. We love you so much. God bless you.